you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer with big design small budget here's your host betsy helmuth as many of you know before i moved to westchester five short months ago i lived in park slope brooklyn and i lived in a big apartment building Pretty nondescript, but the exciting thing about this apartment building, which we did not know prior to moving in, was that it was a big dorm. It was a big dorm for new families. When I moved there, I was pregnant with my first child and wound up having two kids there in addition to two different dogs. And what was so cool about this building is that everybody was a new family. Everybody was having kids. Everybody was getting pets. Everybody was becoming a family in this whole entire building. It was really, it felt quite rare. We'd leave our doors open. We'd babysit each other's kids. They'd run from apartment to apartment. We'd keep big communal toys in the basement and they would run and play and have constant play dates and borrow sugar and do all those wonderful, delightful things. It really was a village. And the funny thing is, When people started to move out of this building, I was there for five years and a lot of people were there for between four and ten years starting their family and then looking forward to the next steps. And when we all started looking forward to those next steps, by next steps I mean suburbia, let's keep it real here, when we were all kind of outgrowing this dorm-like atmosphere, it kind of happened to everyone. And so one by one, like little dominoes, we left the building. And I remember when the first family left and moved to Montclair, and the second family left and moved to Scarsdale, and so on and so on, it was not only that we were leaving each other and leaving this amazing community where we'd all sort of raised each other's children or taught each other how to be parents, but also that we were all spreading our wings at the same time and you almost felt pressure to do so like I was like well you know what I'm feeling a little bit tight here too I guess I have to fly this nest too I have to graduate from dorm life to a big suburban PhD or whatever kind of analogy you want to draw and so a lot of the people in my building were also becoming new homeowners 
and a lot of them had questions for me. So when I started the episode last week, New House, New Issues, I have a lot of questions from the people who used to live in the building with me, people I dearly miss, and people who are also spreading their wings and are moving on to bigger and better places, pastures, the whole thing. So I'm going to answer questions from my former villagers, from people that I was very close with and who I have an extreme fondness for, and we're all going through this new home ownership and suburbia thing together. That's this episode, part two of New House, New Issues on this week's episode of Big Design, Small Budget. I'm Betsy Helmuth, and I've got answers to your new home questions. So my first question comes from Jenna, who lived two floors above me, and she is moving to New Jersey, and I'm oh so excited for her. So she has a couple of questions. She says, hi, Betsy. She texted. So this is an interior design question text because we're, we're buddies. I hope you're well and settling into suburban life. We moved to our new place in New Jersey at the end of March, and there is so much to do. I have a question that I'm wondering if you happen to have an easy, off-the-top-of-your-head answer to for an old neighbor. And if not, no worries. Jenna, I'm here for you. Of course I have answers. Speaking of dogs, mine's running around right now. You said that you want a peacock blue couch for your living room, the celestial blue one from West Elm, and you're thinking that you'd like to paint the color in a warm, pale, honey, golden wheat color that's not too yellow, but definitely yellow. You're asking me, does that sound hideous or normal? And based on all my paint knowledge, is there a good color that would be a possibility? Thanks for any suggestions. And again, if nothing pops into your head, no problem. Oh my goodness, Jenna, this is what I do. I have, I always have opinions and thoughts and this question is no different. First of all, I think when people move to their first home, they should buy a couple things that are on their sort of dream list. So if having a peacock blue couch is on your dream list, then far be it from me to burst your bubble. However, I typically go with a neutral sofa. I typically go with a neutral sofa because a sofa is supposed to last you 5 to 10 years and it can be easy to get tired of peacock blue, especially that large dose of peacock blue when it's in your central living room. It's just a lot and you might want to move in other directions and it would be hard to do so with that color of couch. Like I said, if it's a dream, let's keep it going. I happen to really like that couch from West Elm. It's adorable and comfortable. And so I give an approval as long as you're sure you don't want to take my advice and go for a mid-tone neutral because I do love a light gray or putty or beige or tan or stone or mushroom colored couch instead. If you're going with the peacock, I'm just not sure about the wheat. Now, you know from listening to my podcast and reading the book that I'm putting in the mail for you today, you need my book, Jenna. I'm sending it right away as a new homeowner. It should be your Bible. No pressure. Uh, so I always start and create the color palette from an inspiration piece. An inspiration piece is a piece of art, a pillow, a drape, a rug that has three colors or more. I don't just arbitrarily pull colors that I like and create a room. And most designers don't work that way either. 
So pairing the peacock couch with yellow walls is not something I would do arbitrarily. It's only something I would do if you have an inspiration piece that features peacock and yellow and maybe some other hues as well that you're excited to embrace in large doses because wall color is an even bigger dose of color than your sofa choice. And I really do love a neutral wall. I don't think you have to go wheat or yellow. I would skew you towards a gray beige. And in my world, the gray beige, we have shortened to call grayish. But I think a Benjamin Moore grayish is truly the way to go. I would look at something like Balboa Mist or Abalone. Or if you're feeling like those might be a little too saturated, even though they're very, they're very safe. But you could look at Fog Mist. In my home, I have Pale Oak, which looks gray in some lights and beige in other lights and it's just really lovely in the way that it changes depending on the time of day and weather. So those would be my recommendations because I think yellow and teal, you really have to derive that from something. It can't be arbitrary. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, beautifying your home for less, styling your home, and the fundamentals of feng shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. Now, maybe we have not discussed it. Maybe you do have a piece from which you're deriving those two colors. And in that case, I would either closely match the tone from the inspiration piece of the yellow, or I would go for something like a Powell Buff. Powell Buff from Benjamin Moore, which is a yellowish tone, but it feels quite neutral. If you're really wanting to skew yellow, you could look at Kansas Grain, Oklahoma Wheat. Those are a couple that I really love as well. They have a color called straw that I think is really appealing. And personally, in my home, I used Weston flax for my dining room and my playroom. It's quite a strong yellow, but it is so gorgeous. And if your home is an older style home, it really warms up kind of a drafty pre-war space in a beautiful way. So I hope that helped, Jenna. I can't wait to see pictures of your new space and maybe even come visit. Now you had another question for me, and I want to answer that one too. So you were telling me in another text that you are thinking about doing something daring. You have two young boys. I think they're, I don't know, how old are they now? Six and four? And you are wanting to use Benjamin Moore's Patriot Blue for their room. And you said that you may want to do it as an accent wall, so as not to create a dark cave because Benjamin Moore's Patriot Blue, which I will put on my podcast 
show notes page is really saturated. It's it's pretty close to navy, and I think that it is a tough color to use. Now, you know how I feel about accent walls from my accident wall segment with Hoda and Kathy Lee. They're not my favorite thing, especially if you have moldings like crown molding across the top and moldings at the bottom that continue throughout the space. It will look weird to have a paint color that isn't continuous while these other architectural elements are continuous. So I don't think you should do Patriot Blue as an accent wall. In fact, I don't think you should do Patriot Blue at all. I would go for something lighter and more flexible, more versatile. So I love the idea of going for blue for a boy's room, but I would do something lighter in tone because kids at this age really change what they like. So they like Thomas the Train one year, and the next year they like Paw Patrol, and the next year they like basketball. And I just don't lock into something that's such a bold choice. I want something, especially with a wall color that I hope will last them five to seven years, I want something that's really flexible. So if they do like Thomas or Paw Patrol or they change their mood and they don't like something so dark or you find that the room doesn't get as much light as you were thinking it might, you don't have this oppressive mood dictated for you already with the paint. So I used light blues in my home. I used an iceberg blue from Benjamin Moore. I love silver gray. For my son, I actually let him pick between two colors of blue. He was only four at the time, but he got really excited. And he wound up picking um, blue hydrangea, which I was kind of surprised by over summer shower. But what can you do? And it's still a nice light tone. So it can really change when his tastes change. And speaking of taste changing, I don't know how many of you guys listened to my episode that I did about kids' rooms. It was one of the first episodes that I did and it was before I had moved here. And I'd already created my spreadsheet of everything that both my children's rooms would be and would not be. And one of the rules I told you guys is that I said, you know what? Stay away from those character rooms. Like, Stay away from Thomas the Train room. Stay away from Dora the Explorer room because first of all, it's just a little bit sold out. And second of all, your kids' whims and likes are going to change so quickly that you're just going to have to tear down those decals as soon as you put them up. And third of all, it's just not very magazine ready. It's just a little too commercialized. So what did I do? I had this total other vision for both of my kids' rooms. One was going to be like an international baby room and the other was going to be Baby Babushka because that was her nickname when she was little. And I was sitting on the bed showing my daughter, my little three-year-old who could care less about interior design, but she loves working on the computer with mommy. I was showing her everything for her room and she's like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. And then I noticed that on her pajamas were Anna and Elsa from Frozen. And I hadn't ordered anything yet. We hadn't moved yet. And I looked at her and I said, Eden, would you like a frozen room? And her face lit up. Like lit up. And I knew instantly that everything I had said on the previous week's podcast was a lie now. No baby babushka ever happened. I immediately went for the large character decals from Overstock. And she was ecstatic to move into her new room. And when I saw how that had transformed my daughter's outlook on moving, I instantly went to my son and said, son, 
would you like a Thomas the Train bedroom? And again, the same glow, the same illumination came over his face. And I immediately went on Amazon and purchased big Thomas the Train decals for his room with tracks that run the entire perimeter. And I just sold out, guys. I totally sold out. And now whenever our friends from Brooklyn come to visit, my son says, let me show you my Thomas room. And Eden grabs her little buddy's hand and she says, you've got to come see Elsa. She's in my room. And the joy that they get out of those commercialized characters far outweighs any blush I feel about going against my advice on that podcast. But the moral of this story is soon they're going to be totally over on an Elsa and Thomas and Percy. And luckily it is the decal situation with that neutral wall that I can just peel it off and put the new thing on. So that would be my recommendation. Tone down that wall color and keep yourself open to changing your mind and changing theirs. Because when you get too set in stone with kids... Sometimes it takes the fun out of being a kid. All right, let's hear from my other fellow neighbor who used to live right across the hall and then moved a floor down, Dory. So Dory, you had a question for me and let me get to your text. You wrote, Betsy, we moved into a Victorian in New Jersey and we want to install built-in bookcases eventually, but we can't afford them right now. We're a little bit house poor. Is there anything we could buy that would fit the era and look built in that we can use in the meanwhile while we save up our money before we can install the real things? And I have just the thing for you, Dory. The Leotorp bookcases and the entire Leotorp series, quite frankly, from Ikea is amazing. L-I-A-T-O-R-P, Leotorp. The Leotorp series, they have bookcases, they have sideboards, they have consoles, they have cabinets. But in your case, it's the bookcases I'm referring to. They have bookcases with doors, bookcases that are just open, and the quality of these bookcases is so good. It's pottery barn quality at IKEA price points, and you know that my general feeling about IKEA is that it's 80% crap, 20% gold. The Leotorp series, the entire line, is a piece of gold. They come in both gray which I think is a really beautiful neutral and a nice surprise in a world of white because they also do come in white, which most built-ins are found in because it's the color of the trim. But in this case, you can choose your own adventure, white or gray, and they have crown molding at the top of the bookcases that clicks together. So it's easy to create as long a unit as you want with these bookcases. So that way it can really look built in and look quite seamless, even though they're individual pieces. So that way when you do go for the built-in, you can break these bookcases apart and put them in different areas, maybe the basement or the playroom, and they just snap apart at the top. And the other exciting thing about them is they're quite deep. So if you wanted to use them in a playroom or even in this living room situation, you want it to house board games or picture frames, it's a few inches deeper, like two or three inches deeper than your standard bookcase. So it can hold chunkier things, kids' books, Things like that that tend to have a depth which causes them to overhang in just your customary off-the-shelf bookcase. Get that? Off-the-shelf in a bookcase? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You remember my sense of humor, Dory, all about the puns. So I hope that's helped. Go forth and buy your pre-built-ins before you do your built-in built-ins. Guys, it was a pleasure living next to you. It was a pleasure 
raising our kids together, feel free to write in with more questions. Text me, call me, email me, come over for a play date because I love giving everybody affordable interior design advice, but I really love giving you guys design advice because you gave me so much mommying advice. It was priceless. And thank you listeners for listening to this podcast. If you have questions, feel free to write in Betsy at affordableinteriordesign.com. Thanks so much. Until next week, I'm Betsy Helmuth. Bye. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.